Hey friends, and welcome to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. So here we are, three days until the big day. Is it two sleeps? Anyway, if you celebrate Christmas, then you know this is like the lead up. We're in the last, the final stretch of preparing for the holidays. If you have little ones, you're probably like me um, with a few presents left to wrap or maybe a few too many because, boy, that doorbell's been off the hook. I think I did a little bit more online shopping than I expected, uh, but here we are. Here we are. Hoping for the best, right? Hoping to make this Christmas something magical, fun, and lockdowns coming. So there's a lot of feelings, right? There's a lot of things happening. It's, you know, I said this on Instagram. I'm like, it's like, I'm like festive light, you know? I'm here for the cookies. I had a spiked eggnog this afternoon. Actually, I had two, (laughs) or maybe it was one and a half. Doesn't matter. I watched a holiday movie. I just, I've been putting my feet up throughout the day, which, as you know, as a working person, I'm sure you're the same. Like, this is not what happens in my regular life. Um, This, I am recording this episode. I'm looking at my reflection like, whoa. A little scary, but hey, again, real life. I feel like it's been a it's been a hard few months. There's been a lot, and I know that I've been juggling, that our family's been going through, and I know that the same is for so many of you. So coming into the holiday season, it's like, okay, I gotta conjure up this like festiveness. I gotta dig real deep to find it, you know? You know, I'm feeling things, likely like a lot of you, and reminiscing as I tend to do of Christmases of the past and I had a conversation today with a loved one and they were sharing their holiday plans which of course that that sentence in itself is like really people are making plans like <laughs> how are we doing that you know um lockdown is looming i think in ontario it's the 26th like huge lockdown happening Anyway, the point is, is we are sacrificing a lot right now. Um, So many of us are sacrificing in different ways and we're giving up time with loved ones in order, you know, to accomplish this greater good of helping thy neighbor, right? And, And trying not to, as you know, just doing our part and staying safe and staying home. This is not a conversation about that, but the point is I had a conversation with this person and they're choosing to do life in a very different way and they're not quite following the rules. And I must admit it frustrate me. And I told them so, and that I'm like, Hey, you know, we're good, but I got to (laughs) go. Like I personally have been very impacted by 2020. My husband is still unemployed. I'm working around the clock because of the state of the world. And so when I see people just completely disrespect the state of the world and ignore what's happening and choose to think that rules are different for them. The sense of entitlement is beyond what I'm capable of handling right now. And likely that person doesn't see it this way and likely never will. But the point is it made me feel things. And that feeling, (laughs) I let it, you know, come over me and pass also got me thinking about why, why are people feeling so entitled to just change the rules and do what they want? Why is that happening? Well, I mean, this isn't a psychology podcast. There's a lot of reasons why people do things. But I think one of the things is that we feel like Christmas won't be the same. 
the holidays won't be the same if I don't see those people, if I don't eat at that house, if I don't do this one thing. And I guess what I'm realizing and what I wanted to share with you today is that actually you'll be fine. This Christmas will come and go. These holidays will pass. And yes, they're going to look different. But in years to come, there's actually going to be, hopefully, things that you look back on and reminisce about. And I thought today what I would do is take you through some personal stories of Christmases of the past where they seem so hard at the time. And now looking back, I mean, they were so beautiful in their own way. And I look at the holidays so differently and I appreciate them for different things. And I'm hoping that in sharing my story, it maybe will make you feel, I don't know, less afraid of what the fear of missing out, massive FOMO that the entire world is feeling and or those who celebrate holidays right now um, may be feeling and just kind of like give you hope that like you may look back on these times with fondness because you're making a new tradition, a new memory and change in newness can be scary but also beautiful in their own way. So with that said, let's jump into a little walk down memory lane together. First thing I should say is after that introduction, I mean, I'm here to tell you that you can still have a good family fight over Christmas without actually being in the same house as family members. So that's a thing. <laughs> Listen, we're all going to recover, but my blood was boiling. Anyway, okay. So let's take you to 2004. So two, listen, the, the, the years get fuzzy, okay? I'm getting older and it's late at night. I had to ask Dean how many years we'd actually been together. So it took me like a good few minutes to figure that out. Point is 2004. I'm living in Toronto. Now I'm from Montreal. And so traditionally, Christmas is growing up. We're spent with my mom and family, siblings, my brother, my sister, my stepdad. And we would visit with my grandparents um, that were all in the city. It was great. We had a great time. And that was Christmas, right? Wake up Christmas morning. Um, you know, up until a few years before that, my dad was the only family member in Ontario. So he would come out for Christmas Eve and we would do Christmas Eve together uh, with my grandparents on my dad's side. And then he would bring us home Christmas Eve that evening so that we could wake up on Christmas morning, you know, with our mom and go about our Christmas like that. Cool. So then as the years went on, um, my grandparents moved you know, we're moving a little further outside the city. And so Christmas has started to change. But up until that point, they kind of looked like that. And so we would spend time with family and it was like this tradition. So 2004, I leave the nest and I'm living in Toronto and I'm working something ridiculous, like two or three jobs. Um, you know, I'm working at the LCBO, which is a liquor store up in, you know, holiday rush. And I decide, you know what? I need, I need to be home. Like there's no other option. And I'm dating Dean at the time. I Yes, I was dating Dean. And it was just this sense of like, Christmas will not be Christmas unless I'm home. Like those holiday movies where everybody's rushing home. It was like planes, trains, and automobiles. It was <laughs> stressful to say the least. So I say to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to book myself a plane ticket. 
and I'll fly from Toronto to Montreal. I'm going to treat myself. It's going to be great. So I did. I'd worked really hard that holiday. To be honest, I likely couldn't afford a plane ticket. Like, I don't know what I was doing. I'm trying to think now. Everything's getting blurry because I wasn't a flight attendant at the time. Anyway, point is I was flying. Cool. So see how fuzzy the memories are getting? Okay. So then it's snowing. It's wild. Turns out, let's cut to the chase here. The flight was delayed. So I've got all these presents for my younger siblings, my family back home. Like we still were like so focused on that, you know? Um, so when I was about like, what was I, 21-ish? Um, that means I had, my sister was only 11, you know, like she's still little. Christmas is super important. So I'm traveling back and it was just like every flight just start getting canceled and canceled and canceled. And I was like, oh my God, I could have driven home. Like I have a car. Now that wouldn't have been entirely safe because it was snowing and, you know, maybe not the best plan. And I started to get so emotional because here I was stuck in an airport on Christmas Eve with all of these people and I was by myself and Dean was at some holiday party having a great time and I'm stuck in this airport and then it comes to light that like no flights are going anywhere. (sighs) So no flights are going anywhere. I'm stuck in this airport. Now I'm just like if you think just all of the feelings that you're feeling, all of the panic, even as I'm telling you the story, I'm starting to like feel those things. It's like, oh, looking back, I'm like, oh, honey, you know, you didn't know at the time you were going to be fine, but it was going to be fine. So then Dean leaves his holiday party, takes a cab to the airport. We get a hotel room at the airport. I sleep for a few hours. I'm a mess. I'd been crying. Like there's just this pressure that can be on people to, I don't know, like we just think that it's just going to be horrendous if we're by ourselves on that day or if the day doesn't go as planned. I don't know. There's, I can't even articulate how much stress can be put on family members to participate in this holiday because it is a special thing. I don't know. I have thoughts and feelings on that anyway. So then the next day I get up, I get my flight. Um, you know, I'm exhausted they, I land, half my luggage is missing because there were so many flights delayed that like my luggage didn't actually make it onto my flight. Oh my goodness. So then I had half the Christmas presents, half my clothes. I had like one winter boot, you know, like it was just madness. But that's all I really remember from that Christmas. Um, That's about, that's the memory. It's just the chaos of that. That's 2004. Well, that year I then moved to uh, Vancouver or something. I think I moved in 2005. Again, blurry memories. So from 2005 to 2008, so five, six, seven, eight, so four Christmases I spent away from home. And I always had a big cry. Like there was this epic, just like a cleansing cry of, oh my gosh, I'm missing Christmas with my family and this sense of loss, like I'll never be able to create those memories on my own. You know, like it's just, it's, and looking back, what was happening there? Here you have a young woman becoming an adult, cutting that tie, that that connection to the immediate family and starting to make her own life and create her own holidays. And 
that breaking of the connection is really hard. And maybe other people have had similar experiences, likely, maybe not as harsh those first few, but it was um, defining for sure. And I remember one, you know, one Christmas, my mom had sent me a beautiful box of all sorts of like lovely memories of my grandparents because they had passed, you know, within a few years of me moving um, or was it my grandpa was maybe just a year of me moving to Vancouver again, blurry memories. So I had all these beautiful memories and you know, the nostalgia just hits me. I always wait for that nostalgia to just punch me in the face. Cause it happens no matter what this beautiful, these beautiful memories of your childhood and time with family members. And I think the trouble sometimes is that we constantly, I'll speak for myself. I will look back and feel, I'll always be looking back at memories, you know, and be like, well, I'm trying to recreate that or Christmas will never be like that. Where now I look at those Christmases gone by and I take moments from them and I look at it and go, wasn't that special? Like you're looking through a photo album and it's like, do you remember that when we had that one Christmas? I remember when my sister got a hamster or something or a gerbil. If you know me, you know how I feel about those things. It's not, I'm not that excited about it. And now, and I, now I have a daughter who's like little animal obsessed and it begs me to get her a goat. And it's like, (laughs) what is happening? But now I look at those memories with such fondness. It doesn't break my heart anymore. So then here we are back to the Christmases long, you know, gone were all of these times spent away. And so here I was with Dean at the time, who had spent many a Christmas by himself, some pretty harsh stories being a pilot. I mean, the aviation is not gentle with pilots over the holidays. Sometimes he would be like, I don't understand this reaction to the holidays. I don't understand why you're so sad. And it was definitely an age thing here. I was such a young woman going through so much change, living in a new city, uh, a new-ish relationship, you know, with Dean and becoming an adult and all of that, that severing of an old life and starting a new path. There's so much woven in there. And I think people go through these big changes and not everybody does the such a leap. So I think there was a lot of scar tissue that came from that. But then as the years would carry on, the second year, yes, I still had that nostalgia, but it wasn't all consuming. It wasn't three days of like, oh my God. I started to realize that, wait, I really enjoy putting on some Christmas music and making some sugar cookies. And I really enjoy pouring myself a pretty strong drink while I do that and giggling and laughing and dancing. And that was really fun. And then as my friend circle grew in Vancouver, there was all of a sudden Christmas parties to attend and work Christmas events. And then I remember one year I hosted a Christmas cocktail party for my office and I invited everybody and it was wild because we lived in this really small apartment, like maybe 600 square feet, but it was just perfect. And we had all these people in the house and appetizers and drinks and it was, it was a different tradition. And now looking back on it, I mean, I wish, can you even imagine having a house full of people right now? Like how fun that would, well, for me, that would be pretty fun. Well, hold on. If it was in someone else's house, (laughs) but you know, that was a really fun time. And I started looking forward to, you know, 
wine. We, Dean and I would like drink wine and watch Christmas movies and then take our dog for a walk. And then we would go out for, you know, a big like boxing day breakfast. And then we would walk around Vancouver with our coffees and take our dog to the beach. And we had started to create new traditions and new beautiful memories. But I do remember there being some really hard discussions because, <clears throat> you know, I would speak to family back home and they were like, well, are you going to come home for Christmas? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's so expensive. My family's quite spread out. I have, you know, dad in Toronto, my mom and my brother and my sister are now kind of in the Ottawa area. And they've always been in different areas. Like it was Montreal and everyone kind of drifted into Ontario, but people were pretty spread out. And when you're the person that lives away and you're coming home, you're the person that's then expected to continue traveling and see everybody. It's just a thing. Everybody wants to have you in their home but it's quite exhausting. And I've always had pretty high stress jobs and really needed a break. And also it's super expensive. And so I didn't, um, I didn't come home very often. So that was like a good chunk of time, right? Here we've got 2004, first harshness, and then you got five, six, seven, eight, four more Christmases solo. I'm pretty sure I didn't come home. Honestly, I'm not even really remembering what. There's another thing. This Christmas, although seemingly super important because it's happening right now, now it's very unique year, but there's a chance that you may forget details about this holiday. Can you believe <laughs> the way it works, right? So then 2009, I remember being a really pivotal year in my life because I started to realize that here I was in a relationship with a really wonderful man who didn't seem in a rush to get married. I didn't seem in a rush to get married, I thought, but I was wondering what the plan was <laughs> because he was working this overseas job where he would come back to see me, but my life was really starting to take root and take hold in Vancouver. And I had this great job and I had great friends and I had hobbies and all of this life that Dean actually wasn't really a part of because he was working overseas. And so it was very unique. Like I may have spoken about this before, but you know, he would be abroad and I was the one with the apartment. I was the one in Canada. So he would come back and visit and spend 10 days with me. So, so we I would like stop my life my 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 life, you know, part B and then hang with Dean and work and do the 10 try to sometimes I would take a day off, you know, while he was home. And then he would go back to work and I would resume life part B, right? So part A was with Dean and part B was this other life. And I started to realize that the did there was a disconnect happening there and I was sad when he would leave but like not that sad. And so we had a conversation. I remember clear as day. We were walking around the seawall in Vancouver because we lived just at Burrard and Davy, and we're walking around the seawall and I said to him, "You know what? I think that we should go back to Ontario for Christmas to go spend it with my dad and my grandparents. So I, at the time I only had those grandparents remaining and my grandparents have always been very special to me. I've always had really close relationships with both sets of grandparents. My mom's parents um, didn't get to live as long. They were older. And so I didn't have them into my adult years as much as I had 
my dad's parents. So it's a different type of relationship, right? But there was something in me that was like, you know, they're not getting any younger and we need to spend time with them. Oh, I'm going to come back to something because we did spend a year. We did do a Christmas in Alberta. Pause. (laughs) I'm remembering now. I'm like, wait, we did a Christmas in Alberta. Maybe that was 2005. Okay. Point is, I'll come back to that story. We're actually, wait, we're here. We're here now. Um, When Dean and I were very new into our relationship, that must have been the 2005 Christmas. We went to Edmonton and spent it with Dean's family. And it was so, I adore his family. They're so much fun. They're a hoot. And I love the dynamic of all of his siblings because he's one of six. And, um, but I was so new in my relationship with Dean that there was that sense of insecurity in my place. I was a girlfriend there had been a previous long relationship, so it was a little bit weird. Nobody treated me any differently. It was absolutely lovely. We drove to Alberta. I'm just remembering this now. This is why I was like, that's a lot of Christmases in Vancouver. So being in Vancouver, we were close enough to drive. and We had a great time and it was lovely. I got to experience, you know, a, a Christmas with Dean's family and the pierogies and the cabbage rolls. And it was just wonderful. Um, and but again, I remember feeling a little, you know, heartsick on Christmas Day, being away from my family, and it's just hard because you cannot be everywhere all at the same time. So, yeah, it was just a very anyway. My goodness, years go by, hey. So okay, back to the grandparents' story. So we're walking around the seawall, and um, I said, "Genie, I think we should go back." And he was like, "Nah, don't want to." <laughs> and I'm like, "Hmm." I would like you to come back with me. And he was like really adamant about not going back for Christmas. And of course, the trouble, I've always said this with Dean and his schedule, being a pilot is like, you could never really plan for the holidays. It was never a guarantee that he was off. So it was really tricky because sometimes he might not have been home. And if that was the case, I likely would have flown back to Ontario to see people, you know? Point is, he was off. We could go. I'm like, we're going. And that that culmination of, wanting to spend time with family because it had been so many years since I'd been back. And then the part where like, I was like, where is this relationship going? Do we get married? Like, what are we doing here? I remember I left him on the seawall and stormed home and I was like, I'm going. And if you don't come with me, when I get back, we're done. (laughs) Something along those lines. So we both cooled off. And when he got back, he said, okay, let's go. So Fast forward, we end up in Guelph for Christmas that year, and we stayed at a hotel so that we didn't impose on my grandparents. And it was honestly one of the most magical Christmases I've ever had. It was very simple. There weren't a lot of presents because we're all we were all grown. There was no not really grandbabies. Ah, uh, that's maybe not entirely true. My aunt has little ones. Mm, oh my gosh! You know what? The years go. The years go. But the part that always sticks out for me about that Christmas was two things. One, Dean cooked the turkey, and that was very special. And it felt like, oh my gosh, this is my grown-up life, and I get to share it with my grandparents. And the other part was that that night, Christmas Eve, or maybe it was Christmas Day, my grandparents, we pulled out some photo albums, and they shared with us how they got married. And I've likely shared the story before, but for those that haven't heard it, um, they were, my grandmother was one of 12 children from New Brunswick, and my grandpa had many siblings as well. And 
they eloped. And I was like, come again? You eloped? And they shared this beautiful story about they had like four people at their wedding or something like that. And they got married in New Jersey. And it's like this, I mean, boy, when the stories of your family come out, it's just so magical. And so they shared this story. And I remember looking at Dean and I was like, you don't have to have a big wedding. You could elope. You could do that. Like you can do your life the way you want to do it. And you're not forced to do anything for other people. Say what? Right? So we have this Christmas and I get home and I am pumped. I look at Dean and something about that story just inspired the both of us. And within a few weeks, an opportunity came up Um. Or, you know, again, the lines get blurry, but in between Christmas and that time, I remember um, that the chance to go to Malaysia started to become really real. And we decided in January that we would get married, but it wasn't like your traditional engagement. It was, can we do this? We should do this. This would be fun. And then this Malaysia opportunity came up and then we were like, well, you know what? Let's get married before we go. (laughs) I need some security. Excuse me. I'm not quitting my job and running around the earth without some form of commitment. So we, um, yeah, we planned a wedding in like two weeks and it was the Olympics in 2010. So it was like all this exciting stuff happening and because it was the Winter Olympics, right? So by the time we got back, I had enough time to try a dress on, pick it, and then the Winter Olympics started. So then it was like impossible to get anywhere around Vancouver, but it was such a fun time. And then we got married in the spring, and by the fall, I was living in Malaysia. So that definitely was, 2009 was like the springboard of a Christmas that really, so here we have, you know, 2005, 2004, 2005, my first Christmases away from home as an adult, and that really just breaking free of, you know, this concept of must do everything to please parents, and all of a sudden living your own life, to then realizing, oh my gosh, we can really do life the way we want, and springboarded us, you know, 2009, 2010, into this different life. So then from 2011 to 2013, I spent... Christmas in Malaysia and we made it our own. And, you know, that first Christmas, we didn't have a baby. So it was just us and it was wonderful. And I remember hosting some friends that were from out of town. They were students in Malaysia on exchange from um, Holland. And so we had them for dinner and it was really fun. And I remember we like pumped up the air conditioning. So it was super cold. So we could feel like we could wear our Christmas cozy sweaters and (laughs) have a blast. It was awesome. And, um, you know, the following Christmas, we had a baby. So that was our first Christmas with Esme. She was three weeks old. Let me just tell you, that was a blur. I think my first gift to myself was um, dropping that concern about her having a soother. And I popped, I, I made Dean go to the store and get me about five pacifiers. And that was, that was a treat. And then as the years carried on, all of a sudden, we created our own traditions. We did the presents in the morning. We did the cookies. We, you know, we had the Zoom. Well, it wasn't really Zoom. We had the video calls with family members. We sang the songs and did the things. And it was a different type of Christmas because we were living in a tropical place. And then when we came back to Canada in 2014, I had a little baby, right? Jackie was um, not even a year old yet. I have a picture of him in a Santa suit looking so darn cute. Um, 
sit next to the tree, snow for the first time. And it felt so special to be back in a place with snow and to be with Dean's family, Dean's mom and dad. And then we got to do another Christmas with, you know, his brothers and sisters. And it was really lovely in Edmonton. Um, and have this wonderful time with people. And, you know, I missed my family, of course, because I felt so close being in Canada, but yet far. And then uh, in 2015, we moved back to, on- or moved to Ontario. Yeah, I guess back to Ontario. Um, bought our first home and then started to celebrate in a new way. And so here we are now, a few years back in Canada, and new traditions have formed. And so now we have a thing where, you know, we make this Christmas casserole. It's called a wife saver. It's a really bizarre name. We've changed it to Baba food, Baba being grandmother. And so we call Dean's mom Baba. So we call it Baba food because Carol introduced that recipe to us and we make that for Christmas morning. Like we get up, we pop the wife saver into the oven because you make it the night before at least. You can pre-make it and freeze it. But anyway, you pop it into the oven. It takes about an hour to cook. So by the time the presents are all done, your breakfast is ready and you serve that and you pop that on the table and you have this nice big breakfast and then everyone kind of settles into their toys and, you know, just a nice lazy Christmas day. And, um, you know, that first Christmas back, that 2015 was the last Christmas with my grandma. So... Um, my grandmother, she passed. Was it the last Christmas? I guess, yeah, because she she passed away in January of 2016. So we had this nice time together. And um, then, you know, my brother's got has three little boys now. And so, you know, the traditions have changed even more because we do this thing. Well, this year, obviously, being super unique. But the last few years, um, they've come out here a little bit before Christmas. And we've done the celebration with, you know, my sibling, uh, siblings and my dad. And we have this um, little celebration beforehand and we share gifts. And this year, what's so exciting is both of my brother and my sister, would you believe, talk about a good year, they both bought homes this year. And so I am so excited for next year. Fingers and toes crossed, vaccines all work and we get to celebrate with our people, but that they'll be hosting. And so I'll get to go out there and celebrate with them in their homes and experience what Christmas will be like celebrating with them. Um, but that being said, it's all—it's not on the day. It's usually beforehand, like a week or two before Christmas, we all get together and do this little family celebration because I truly do think that Christmas Day is such a special time when you have children and um, it's a season, right? Where you get to wake up with your babies on Christmas morning and open presents. And then they leave the nest and they start their own traditions and your Christmas starts to look a little different. And I think it's constantly changing. It's constantly ebbing and flowing. And what I find so special about Christmas now is very different from what I found special as a child. And what I find a lot of comfort is that those those nostalgic feelings that I have from my childhood my kids will have from theirs. And it's so interesting how this cycle, how this cycle goes. And I guess in sharing these wild Christmases, and I bet that you have stories yourself, is that they're never quite the same. The cast of characters frequently changes, especially if 
you live far from your family, which let's be honest, so many of us do. The world has changed and we don't all just remain in the same area code from where we're born. We tend to move a little further because technology can keep us closer. It's not this living in these packs, right? We do life differently. And I think it's just up to us to find new ways to connect. And that I hope that the message for one is that there are going to be some things you forget because girl, I forgot some stuff. Your girl forgot some stuff. I mean, time goes, right? But there's also so many things that are special about these times and that you're going to look back on fondly, even though it looks super different, even though it's not exactly what you want. Even if you had a big cry about how things are looking, you're still going to find beautiful things about this time. That surprises me because if you would have told the girl in 2005 who was feeling so sad, you know, spending her second Christmas away from family, I don't know if I would have believed you. <laughs> we are very, you know, we are very resilient as human beings. And I find comfort in knowing that it's not just me who's experiencing the loss, the loss of gatherings with people that I love. This is something that we're all hopefully collectively doing to keep our communities safe. And I feel good about that. I feel good that I'm doing my part. I feel sad that I'm not with the people that I love, but I know I'll make up for lost time when we can. And I guess that's the message I wanted to leave with you is that I'm thinking of you. I, you know, I'm sending love your way. I know that this is tricky. I know if this is your first Christmas where things look so different, it's really heartbreaking. And I don't want to take that away from you because you're entitled to feel the way that you feel. But just know that you'll be okay. You're going to make it through. And new traditions may come from this. And there is beauty even in the discomfort, even in the change. Well, friends, I've enjoyed chatting with you. I've enjoyed podcasting with you this year. I've enjoyed sharing my life. And I'm so glad that you've been around for the ride. I hope you've had some enjoyable moments with me as well. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to what the new year is going to bring. I imagine I'll have another episode before the new year. Um, but if not, you know, stay tuned. As per my last episode, there's some big changes. Well, smaller, but significant changes coming and more to come on that. And uh, I guess I'll leave you on that note. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I wish you all the best. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll catch you in my next episode. 